0: The Intern. Anybody seen The Intern? It's a real sweet movie. It's a 2015 dramedy starring Robert De Niro as a retired widower living in New York. De Niro's character, as you can tell, quickly tires of the retired life. He accepts a bottom-of-the-rung internship at a local online clothing store that is mostly run by 20-year-olds. While working his new job, De Niro becomes the voice of wisdom and experience to many of the employees, even helps its founder and CEO, played by Anne Hathaway, save her marriage and save her job. That's the entire movie, by the way. I just summarized it for you so you don't need to... Uh, The movie is timely, actually. Uh, As millions of Americans, uh, baby boomers especially, are retiring from the workforce at this very moment, and they are facing Robert De Niro's predicament. What do I do now? Some Americans are doing perfectly fine as retired persons, thank you very much, but some are finding it wanting. Some, like the intern, are looking for something more. But what? An internship at an online clothing store? More golf? More time spent with family? For those people blessed by God to have the chance to retire, what should those years be used for? Why does God give them to us? These are good questions that more and more Americans, many of whom we are related to, many of whom we are, are asking themselves. By taking, and uh, we're talking about these questions because they are actually a key part of our current series. Called Faith at Work. As I mentioned, this series is all about what it looks like to do our jobs as Christians. Our faith should impact every part of who we are, including who we are at work. Uh, Being an earnest follower of Jesus on the job is, frankly, one of the most significant things, significant ways that we can impact the world for Jesus. And God knows this, which is why He has an awful lot to say in His Word about work, what work is, uh, how we work well, uh, how do you work with others, how do you work with bosses. But, what about when you're done working? What then? Nobody can work forever. How do you know when you're done working? And when you are done working, what are you supposed to be doing? What does the Bible have to say about retirement? Honestly, I would have never imagined preaching this sermon at rooftop ten years ago given the relative youthfulnesses of our, of our church. But as we've grown, we've gotten plenty of church family members who are in that situation. I have retirement-related conversations with rooftoppers all the time. And Lord willing, we will all be in that situation someday. Even for those of us who are nowhere near retirement, these are still good questions to ask because, as they say, it is never too early to start planning for the future. When I say it is never too early to start planning for the future, though, I do not mean what you think I mean. These days, planning for your retirement has a certain meaning. It has a certain connotation. It basically means saving up as much money as you can to live out your golden years in relative comfort, playing golf and bridge and visiting family and driving your big, new, shiny RV up to see Mount Rushmore. That's the image of retirement in many of our brains. As plenty of retirees will tell you though, that image of retirement is more myth than fact. It's a commercial being sold to us. The dream of the well-spent retirement of leisure and recreation crashes very quickly upon the rocks of certain realities. What realities? Well, financial limits for one. Most people have nowhere near enough money saved up to retire comfortably. And with people living longer and pensions declining and Social Security running out, it's gonna be harder and harder and harder to save enough money up to live comfortably in your old age. I actually asked my financial advisor how much money I needed to save in order to maintain a certain uh, standard of living, and he gave me some outlandish figure that made me laugh out loud on the phone. (laughs) There's just not enough gold for the golden years. Here's another reality human frailty. I don't know if anybody has ever explained this to you, but when people get old, they get sick. And being sick can be expensive and incapacitating. It can make retirement not fun. They don't advertise that in the retirement commercials. Also, boredom. Some people, upon retirement, run out of things to do. They have spent decades being busy. All of a sudden, they have nowhere to be. Relatedly, loneliness. Bless you. Workers oftentimes fail to appreciate the community that they have built over many years with their coworkers. Even if they hated the job, they liked the people. So losing a work family can be very isolating and lonely. Finally, loss of significance. For many of us, our work defines who we are. Our work defines our contribution to the world. Plenty of people retire to feelings of uselessness. They wonder what they're good for now that they have nothing to do. The point here is that retirement, as many of us think about it, is largely a myth sold to us by people who profit from us believing it. Worse yet, retirement, as it's Oftentimes constructed is our vain attempt to create a perfect ending to our lives in which we Conveniently ignore the fact that our lives end in nothingness And as millions of retirees discover the myth falls apart very quickly once you actually Retire in fact retirement is a fairly modern notion The idea of retirement is only about a hundred years old. And it's largely confined to the Western world, too. For much of human history and in much of the world, people do not have the luxury of contemplating what they will do with their golden years. Most people in the history of the world and around the world don't even get to their golden years. Well, that's all very depressing, Pastor Matt. Thank you for destroying my retirement dreams, you might be thinking. I guess I'll just head back to the office and wait to die. (laughs) But I am here destroying your dreams this morning. And to be clear, I know that that's exactly what I am doing. I am here to destroy your dreams. For a very good reason. I am destroying your dreams of retirement because they are way, way, way too small I believe God has something in mind better for you than retirement Something better than what Edward Jones or Shady Groves is trying to sell you. I Think for all our inadequate planning for retirement. God has a much more glorious plan for us in our golden years And in order to understand God's glorious plan for our golden years, we need to go to scripture Our source for truth and revelation. What's interesting, though, is that the Bible actually has very little to say about retirement. The word retire occurs once in the Bible, and it's way back in the book of Numbers. According to the ancient Jewish law, priests were required to retire at age 50 to make way for younger, healthier priests. So by that metric, I have almost exactly five more years to go before the interns take over. Other than that, though, the Bible says nothing. Now, likely, as I said, the Bible uh, says so little about retirement because back in Bible days, people didn't live that long, and they didn't have a lot of spare cash lying around to go take a trip to the coast. But while the Bible doesn't talk much about retirement, it does talk about something else, something much more important, something much more fundamental. It talks a lot about old age. And that's what retirement is all about, right? Old age. How are we going to spend our old age? So we could spend our time this morning talking about the relatively modern notion of retirement and how much money you got to save up and all that stuff. And, And don't get me wrong, those are important conversations that you need to have with a financial advisor or someone wise in those sorts of ways. That would not be me. Or, though, we could rather talk about the much more important and brutal fact of old age and what God has to say about that, because here's the truth God may or may not be interested in blessing you in your retirement. But God is supremely interested in blessing you in your old age. And those are two different ideas. So, what does the Bible have to say about old age? Well, for the most part, the Bible actually has two things to say about old age. The Bible has some good news and the Bible has some bad news. I would ask you which you wanted to hear first, the good news or the bad news, but I have already written my sermon and I plan on telling you the bad news first. First, the Bible says that old age is a curse. From the very first chapters of Genesis, after Adam and Eve ate the fruit, old age has been part of the curse on creation. Adam and Eve were supposed to live and work in the garden in perpetual youth, but after they sinned, God cursed them with toilsome work and aging, leading to death. As God spells out in Genesis chapter 3 verse 19, by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return. Old age was never a part of God's original dream. We were meant to live perpetually vigorous and healthy lives, and to be sure, we will at the coming of the new heavens and the new earth. We will but for now, Because of the corruption of creation, we live under the curse of decay in which the steady work of entropy undoes the glorious creations that are our bodies and minds, slowly reducing us to dust from which we came. Anybody who has ever cared for an aging person is aware of this. I watched my grandma Herndon grow older and sicker over many decades until she was reduced to nothing at a local nursing home. She died, and she lived and died with profound dignity. But make no mistake, it was not pretty. As an aging friend of mine uh, told me a while back, getting old sucks. Uh, Scripture even acknowledges this in the most realistic book in the Bible, my favorite book in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. The author writes, Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. There is oftentimes no pleasure in the days of old. They are the days of trouble. And these days of trouble can creep up on us too very slowly. We can like get old without even realizing that it's happening to us. In the past year, for example, I have discovered... Two new old man problems in my body. First, my wrists are getting really sore when I play guitar at home or exercise at the gym, likely from the uh, elimination of cartilage in my joints. That just happens. As far as I know, you can't grow cartilage back. This is going to get worse, not better. Also, uh, my eyes are getting so bad that uh, I'm having trouble reading Uh, I have to hold a book so far away from my face sometimes to read it. I might as well be using a selfie stick. Uh, I've had to increase the font size on my sermon notes so I can read it from way up here. Eventually, it's going to have, like, one word on a page. (laughs) Please open your Bibles to... There's no pretending that old age isn't a curse. It, it, it is. The fact that we have to retire from work in our old age is a tragedy. This was not the idea. We were made to work. We were made to use our gifts to be productive. Old age prevents that. But the Bible has something else to say about old age, too, and it's this. This is the good news. Old age isn't just a curse. Old age is a blessing. Blessing. It is a tremendous blessing given to us by God, an opportunity even. Even though dying is the worst thing that can happen to a person, God, in his creative power, can use it as a blessing. How? How is old age a blessing? What can possibly be so golden about our golden years? Well, because even as our lives draw to their necessary conclusion, old age is still an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity for God to do some important things in and through us. And that's what I want to share with you for a few moments this morning. Some of the golden opportunities that God gives us in our golden years. Now, some of these are opportunities that are actually unique to old age. In other words, some of what God can do in and through us in our old age cannot happen in our youth. We have to be old in order to seize these opportunities. And frankly, some of us miss these opportunities because we're too busy being retired Retirement can oftentimes be a distraction from the much more important work that God wants to do in us in our old age. So what kind of opportunities does old age provide us? I want to briefly mention five. And they each actually have two sub-points, so I guess that's ten. This is the rare ten-point sermon. By the time we finish the sermon, you will all be in your old age. For example, old age is an opportunity to rest and reflect. It's our opportunity to rest and reflect. In our so-called retirement years, we face the brutal fact that we have to slow down. Our our bodies and our minds can't do what they used to do. It's just a fact of life. We're allowed to slow down and get the rest we need. We're allowed to take naps in the afternoon without the boss cracking the whip. Doing so gives us the chance to catch our breath and reflect upon all that we've experienced in life. I mean, a lot of us live such busy, chaotic, hectic lives that we don't have the chance to think much about the life we're living, the world we live in, the God we serve. Old age is our last, best opportunity to do that. And after a lifetime of hard work, there's plenty to reflect on, especially when considering God's faithfulness to us over the years. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 37, I was young, now I'm old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Sometimes it takes a lifetime to learn things God wants to show us. Old age is our opportunity to rest and reflect. Also, old age is an opportunity to be humbled and to be loved. Old age is humbling. I mean, there's nothing fun about growing old and depending on other people to take care of you. I mean, sheesh. They sell underwear for senior citizens, and it's called depends. Nobody likes being dependent. That marketing team needs to think a little bit more about that. But old age humbles us, and we need to be humbled. I mean, as a species, we're too proud. And here's the sad reality. Proud people don't get into heaven. People who don't realize they need others and God don't get into heaven. It's one of the reasons why Scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Old age is a gift in that it exposes our pride at perhaps the very last opportunity before we meet our creator. It also gives us the chance to be loved. I mean, Scripture says that one of the uh, most godly things anybody can do is to take care of the elderly. Did you know that? One of the most godly things that anybody can do is to take care of the elderly. As James writes, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. We get really excited about the orphans. Sometimes we forget about the widows. This is why we actually have a group here at Roofton that visits a, a local nursing home so faithfully. If you're interested in our nursing home ministry, we will, of course, uh, connect you with them. But at least according to what Scripture says, our nursing home ministry might very well be one of the most important things happening in our congregation. Nobody wants to be humbled in their old age. Nobody wants to be dependent. But being humbled and cared for are good things in that they teach us humility before God and give others the chance to serve us as Christ. These are lessons we need to learn before we meet our maker. Old age is an opportunity to be humbled and cared for. At the same time, old age is an opportunity to conquer and serve. Sure, we might slow down in our old age and depend more on others, but that doesn't mean we don't have important work to do. I mean, just because you're getting old doesn't mean you're getting ready to die. In fact, the motto of the AARP, you know what the AARP is? The motto is to serve, not to be served, was founded with that principle in mind. We are here to serve. Even in our old age, there's plenty of important work to do. My mother, I don't know if you know my mother, my mother, uh, but uh, she is the busiest, most productive retired person I know. She makes meals for people, she volunteers, she watches grandkids like a boss. She takes after her mother, my grandma, who is the second busiest retired person I know, only because she's 97 and maybe possibly has lost perhaps half a step. My grandma, King, still makes, during her days potholders for impoverished people in her hometown of Decatur, Illinois. That's what she does with her days. She sits around making potholders for impoverished people who don't actually have potholders. And then she gets in her car and she drives around Decatur delivering potholders to families who need potholders. We're a little concerned about the driving. (laughs) But none of us have the courage to have that conversation. So I'm going to need one of you to talk to my grandma, Berna King, about the driving. Do not tell her that I told you about. For many of us, retirement is our chance to rediscover our vocation and serve in ways that we've always wanted to. I mean, some of us fell into our jobs like 35 years ago, and next thing you know, we're there at the end of our lives. I mean, finally, we have the chance to serve the world as we've always wanted to. We've still got fight left in us to serve according to our passions and gifts, and we should. In fact, quick story about that. In the Old Testament book of Joshua, The Israelites are in the midst of conquering the inhabitants of Canaan to take possession of the land that God promised to give them. Now, if you remember this story, the Israelites had the opportunity to take possession of this land at one point, 40 years earlier. But they sent some spies into the land, and they got scurred because of the size of the inhabitants. They got scurred. They said, no, we can't do this. So as a result, God said, okay, well then, no land for you. And he sent him back out into the wilderness to wander around for 40 years. But if you know the story, not everyone was so intimidated. There was this guy, right? His name was Caleb. And Caleb said, yeah, 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 they're big. We can take them. Now, Caleb got outvoted. Four decades later, though, he still thinks... We could take them. He reminds Joshua, he approaches Joshua, and he asks for the chance to fight and take some land. And he reminds Joshua of what went down four decades earlier, that he wanted to go in and fight, but he got outvoted. And then he tells Joshua this. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time this happened. So here I am today, 85 years old, I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. And oh boy, does he! With his sword in one hand and his chain <laughs> in the other. Even at 85 years old, Caleb knew God had work for him to do. Even with arthritis in his wrists and his terrible vision, he was not going to slow down, nor should we. Even in our old age, God has battles for us to fight, lands to conquer. God wants to give you victory. God wants to give you land. Your fight isn't over. Your cause isn't done. What's your battle What's your cause? What's your calling? Volunteering? Helping out around here? Serving your community? Making your neighborhood a better place? A second career? Making potholders? Just because you're getting old, don't have a job, does not mean you don't have a purpose. What is it? Old age is our opportunity to conquer and serve. Also, old age is our opportunity to train and to teach. Old age is our chance to share our acquired wisdom and experience with the younger generation to save them from some of the troubles that we've faced. Scripture is clear that this is the role of aging people in the church, to set an example for the young. As Paul writes to Titus, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and endurance, and teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, then they can train the younger women. The Healthiest Church is a diverse church with all kinds of people, all kinds of ages represented, in which lessons get passed down from generation to generation to generation. Honestly, I'm so excited that after so many years, about 19 years of being a church, we have finally have a bunch of older, wiser people to learn from. In our early years, we were all mostly so young. I mean, we'd started the church when I was like 24 years old. My parents were the oldest people around. The Bradleys were in their 30s and they were part of our old people group. <laughs> we had a board of elders back then, but we were all in our 20s, so we jokingly referred to ourselves as a board of youngers. But now we're well, youngers are actually elders. We pray for each other's our prayer requests have changed over the years. We, now we pray for each other's worsening health conditions. Our church is much more diverse age-wise, which is a sign of a healthy church. We have the opportunity to learn from the older generation. I mean, one of the worst things that you can do in this respect is to hole up in our different age groups all the time. I mean, yeah, you need to hang out with people like you, right? But you really need to hang out with people not like you. And similarly, if you're, if you're getting up in years, one of the worst things that you can do is keep your hard-earned life lessons to yourself. Many of you went through hell to learn those lessons. And you know what I'm talking about. You went through hell to learn those lessons. Lessons on faith and marriage and parenting and money and life. You went through hell to learn those Lessons. Make a younger friend, find a younger student, sign up as a youth group volunteer. We need them. Do not waste what you went through hell to learn. Do not let it go to the dust with you. Old age is our opportunity to train and teach. And finally, old age is our opportunity to anticipate and to hope. One of the painful realities of aging is that the older you get, the higher your chances are of moving on at any given moment. Uh, The fact that I didn't die yesterday means the chances that I'm going to die today are statistically higher. Uh, The older you get, the higher those statistics become. That's just kind of how my brain works. (laughs) For people who have no relationship with Jesus, this could be a problem. But for people who do know Jesus, who know that he died for our sins, and who have his assurance that death is not the end for us, old age becomes a wonderful opportunity to anticipate and hope for what we know is waiting for us on the other side. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but this life here on earth was never meant to be it for us. This life here on earth, it's our training ground, it's our proving ground for what we will receive on the other side. As Paul writes in Romans, God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. To us who believe old age is our Christmas Eve, with just a few hours to go, Old age is the night before our wedding, in which everything has been laid out for us the next day. Old age is like when you've been waiting in line for two hours at Six Flags for Mr. Freeze. You've just been waiting, zigging and zagging back and forth, taking one slow step at a time. You can see the roller coaster ride off in the distance, you can hear it roar. You can hear the screams. You don't know what the people are screaming for. Sounds both terrifying and exciting. It's actually a little disconcerting. So you you think about getting out of line, but you can't. You're stuck. Everybody's stuck in the line of life. All you can do is keep moving forward. Finally, after what seems like a lifetime, you enter what looks like the home stretch. You can tell. I mean, you've been in line so long that your knees are sore from standing and you really have to go to the bathroom. And by this time, you're so old from waiting that you've lost bladder control. (laughs) But it's not too long now, maybe just a few more rides, maybe a few more turns, and then it's your turn. You take your place in the gate, you think it's your turn. The cars are right there. But then some Hoosier jumps in front of you and you have to wait a little bit longer. That happens at Six Flags. But it's okay because you know your turn is coming. Everybody's turn comes. And then it is your turn. You get on to Mr. Freeze, you get on to the ride, you strap in, the ride heads off, you grip the bar, you start screaming, but because you know Jesus, your screams are screams of joy and anticipation and excitement, you are in for the ride of your life. But for people who do not know Jesus, your screams are not screams of joy and anticipation. Your screams are a scream of torment and fear as your ride heads off a different direction. Everybody's in line. Everybody's waiting. Everybody's turn will come eventually. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to get on the ride? Some of us are getting up in years. We have been blessed with long, full lives. The world calls these our retirement years. The Bible calls them the days of trouble, and they are troublesome. It was never God's plan, old age. Retirement was never the idea, but old age is our opportunity. It is God's final earthly gift to us, the last opportunity we have to ready ourselves for the end. So are you ready? Are you ready to get on the ride? Have you received the gift of God's forgiveness purchased by Jesus Christ while on the cross? Because that, my friends, that is your ticket. That's your ticket to get on the ride of your life.